people. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Correct Message for April 14th, 2021. And do yourself a favor and click that subscribe button here on YouTube and tap that notification bell and maybe our videos will be in your feed. Who knows? There's only one way to find out. Uh, We got four stories for you. The world is feeling particularly crazy this week. You know, we're We're on like a nine out of a 10 on general craziness. It seems like the craziness never goes away. I know a certain set of people thought that the craziness would dissipate after we got rid of Orange Man. That doesn't seem to have happened. So we're constantly, I would say, between like an eight and a nine out of 10 on the crazy factor. If we can get a week of like a seven, that's pretty great. I don't know that we've had one in a while. We do feel like we're in a nine right now because basically all this stuff out of Minneapolis and now... Uh, all these progressive, I suppose they still call themselves progressives. I haven't said the word regressive on this show in probably a year. There, I just said it. Get to it, meme makers. Uh, They are not progressive. They are obviously regressive. They want us to go backwards. They're just endlessly now talking about defunding the police, getting rid of the police, no incarceration, all of these things. It's like we could have plenty of healthy conversations about what we could do perhaps to have better policing. We could have plenty of conversations about our incarceration rates and what we should do in terms of the war on drugs and all of this stuff, but there is just a set of people who are really loud and really emboldened right now who wanna burn the whole thing down and they are being egged on by multinational corporations. We're gonna get into that. So the four stories that we're gonna hit today, uh, if you haven't seen this first one, Project Veritas and James O'Keefe, who I've had on the show before, uh, he has exposed some serious, serious, serious corruption over at CNN. Uh, He got a technical director on camera basically saying they fabricate the news and they were trying to destroy Trump and much, much more. So we're gonna show some video of that. It's pretty extraordinary. And of course, mainstream is just completely ignoring it. But CNN, in case you didn't know people, CNN is a propaganda outlet, it's not a news network. And this is just more evidence of it. This guy is a technical director, right? He wasn't like the intern getting Wolf Blitzer the coffee or whatever Wolf drinks. This guy like is an important piece of the operation. So we'll get to that. Uh, then uh, the second story, we're gonna cover You know what's going on in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. It's just an absolute mess. There are crazy riots. There's also crazy riots happening in Portland. They're attacking a police station again. Uh, as always, I, rec- I recommend if you do get on Twitter, I don't recommend anyone get on Twitter, but if you do, so if you ignore my first recommendation, then, and you do get on there, uh, Mr. Andy No at Mr. Andy No is doing a great job of categorizing what BLM and Antifa are up to. And there's just so much stuff being burned and ransacked and everything else. We're gonna show you a video uh, from Brooklyn Center last night where they're literally BLM activists are calling for white people to go up front during these riots, meaning let white people basically be the human shields. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be in the Democratic Party platform in the midterms, 2022. Uh, The third story, there was a poll by YouGov and they found that the worst place in the United States is Washington DC. You're not gonna believe it. So we're gonna unpack some of that. And then finally, as I mentioned, as we watch giant multinational corporations push BLM on us, support Antifa, talk about defunding the police, basically try to destroy America. They are here to destroy America. I warned you, I warned you, right? Been talking about this stuff for a couple of years. Well, Ben and Jerry's 
the once great ice cream company run by two uh, New Hampshire hippies or Vermont hippies. Where are they from? New Hampshire or Vermont? It's one of those two. Um, I think it's Vermont actually. Um, they are now calling to end policing in the United States. And you're not gonna believe it, guys. Ben and Jerry's sold. I don't wanna, I don't wanna give you too much of the story right now, but Ben and Jerry's sold Ben and Jerry's about 20 years ago um, for couple hundred million bucks, we'll, we'll get to all that. Yes, they are from Vermont, I got it right, okay. Before we get to any of that though, I wanna talk to you guys about Bonner Private Wine, which I had last night as I made a delicious Wagyu ribeye. Uh, if you like to drink once in a while, and that's just fine, let's, let's control it a little bit, but once in a while in these crazy times, that is just fine. One or two glasses a night is fine. You know, in The Simpsons, Marge once said, remember that episode where they moved to that town and everything's fine, so Marge, Marge starts drinking and she says, uh, I know you're supposed to drink a glass and a half of wine every night, but I can only drink one. Something to that effect. Anyway, uh, if you wanna drink more wine that has 10 times the resveratrol as other wines, I've got the wine just for you. Down in Argentina, they make this really dark red wine from Malbec grapes grown at 9,000 feet. They've lab tested these wines and found that they contain up to 10 times the level of a longevity and heart healthy nutrient called resveratrol. Resveratrol is powerful stuff. It pops up again and again in studies on longevity, heart health, and brain health. The wines also have 90% less sugar, fewer chemicals, fewer additives. Plus, if you love steak and BBQ, red wine has been shown to actually make red meat healthier. And the best part is that these Malbecs taste great with notes of blackberry, leather, cherry, and smoke. As I said, I had them last night. Maybe I had an illegal small gathering. I've said too much. Today, the guys at freethinkerwine.com are giving you 50% off their best Malbecs, and you'll also get 50% off shipping. Wine makes a great gift, especially if the gift is just to yourself. Just visit freethinkerwine.com today. That's freethinkerwine.com. And now back to me. All right. CNN, which as you know, was once a place of news. I've talked to you guys before how I remember when I was in eighth or ninth grade in the original Iraq war, Saddam Hussein invading Kuwait, and there were people on the ground in, in Iraq, and it was really this incredible thing, and they've done some good stuff over the years. They were a place of journalism. But it's become very obvious, like most institutions, that they have become deeply, deeply corrupt, and this is sort of what the fight of our time is about. Can these institutions correct themselves? I no longer think so. Can we build new institutions? I think we must, and what happens as these institutions try to hold on? Well, James O'Keefe over at Project Veritas, you know, he does these undercover videos, and he's been doing them for years, and by the way, uh, James often makes a point of saying, because people say, oh, it's James O'Keefe, and he's a right-winger, and he's scary, and he manipulates video. He makes a point often to say that he's never lost a court case about any of his videos. Um, and I'm gonna show you the video, you decide for yourself. This is James O'Keefe, and they are interviewing, this is Project Veritas's work, and they are interviewing a CNN technical director. I'm James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. Uh, you're on camera, uh, you're recorded, you're a technical director at CNN. You're on camera talking about the importance of getting Trump out of office without saying that's what your intent is. This was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? Look what we did. We got Trump out. I am 100% going to say it. And I 100% believe it. That's you're on tape saying this. Well, we're investigative reporters doing a story. 
and uh, I, I just want to ask you. I've asked you now. What you're you, close to you, within six feet of me. I've got your mask on. What did you mean when you said that without saying that's what our intent was? Why would you want to conceal from, why would you want to conceal from people? Are you going to call the police? Are you going to call the police on me? Go ahead, please do. Go ahead. You're in my personal space. I don't want to. Excuse me? You're in my personal space. I can stand six feet away from you and ask the same questions. That sounds like a good idea. So let me ask you this question. Why would you want to conceal from, from voters that CNN's intent was to help Biden? You're not going to get me to talk about anything, so... Well, you also, well, you also said that uh, it was, in your words, quote, propaganda. Yeah, I mean, like, Trump, we did it. Like, when Trump uh, was, uh, I, I don't know, like, his hand was shaking or whatever, like he brought in, like, so many medical people to, like, all tell a story that, like, it was all speculation that he was, like, neurological damage, like, that he was losing it, he's unfit to, you know, whatever. We were... We were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. I think that's We were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about. How much more do you need? Okay, so I want to tell you guys a little insider stuff. I'm not as quite a big operation as CNN here at the Rubin Report. We're in my office. I've got a producer, Michael. I've got a director, Connor. And the guy that was caught here on videotape, he is a director. Now, what a producer in effect does is a producer sort of organizes the show, you figure out what you're gonna talk about, and then, and then the host does the talking. Michael and I work together, we figure out what stories we wanna talk about, we discuss the order, the flow of the whole thing, go from there. The director, and this guy is a technical director, just like my technical director, who's three feet away from me right now, we are breaking protocol because we're radicals here. Uh, he organizes the show, makes sure we have the correct clips, makes sure he plays them at the right time, and things of that nature. So these are key pieces of a show. Now I get into that technical stuff because it's important because this guy, this is not just a PA who's doing some sort of behind the scenes stuff or making sure that the craft services table is is you know fully stocked with bagels. This is a guy who has an integral part in the programming that you're seeing. He is telling you that it is quote propaganda. Those were his words that he is telling people, right? Uh, And in that regard, on the propaganda side, he's talking about that medical story about Trump with Trump's handshaking. I don't even remember something about Trump's handshaking. We all do remember Trump once uh, drank out of a glass with two hands, Trump once walked slowly down a ramp, and they brought on, CNN did bring on all of these doctors to tell you he might have neurological problems and the rest of it. Now, oddly, they don't seem to be doing that with Joe Biden, who everyone knows obviously has some sort of cognitive problems or dementia or something like that. But he's in essence telling you, we wanted to get him, so we needed to produce propaganda to that end. Uh, The other line that was interesting is, without saying that's what our intent was, we got rid of Trump. And that really was all it. Now, the funny thing about this is, and one of the reasons that these institutions are all gonna destroy themselves is like CNN's ratings and cable news ratings as a whole and news ratings across the board were up because of Trump. Trump was a great, Thing, a great shiny object in the distance to keep everybody watching. CNN's ratings post-Trump are tanking. So for their own self-protection, they might have wanted Trump to remain president, but these people decided not only their self-protection, but their duty as journalists were gonna be secondary to destroying Donald Trump. 
Um, by the way, they still can't let go. I mean, they really still can't let go. I saw a, a little clip this morning from Stephen Colbert, who I suppose is a comedian of some sort, uh, who's this late night guy on CBS who was funny about 10 years ago. He's still doing endless Trump jokes. And I tweeted about it, but I guarantee you that Gutfeld, who now has the nightly uh, 11 p.m. show on Fox, I guarantee you that Greg Gutfeld with his like five employees doing his show, I've met all of them and they're great people, will have way better ratings by the end of the year than Colbert and the blackface guy on ABC and the British guy and, and, the, and the guy on NBC that nobody watches. He will have better ratings than all of them. Anyway, I think this was important to amplify because you all know people that watch CNN, right? You love these people. They're, some of them are good people and they're just really confused. And maybe show them this and say, well, what do you think about this? Say, hey, no commentary. I'm not gonna add any commentary, but what do you think when you hear a director a technical director at CNN say these things, that we were producing propaganda, that we were trying to make a story happen about his health, that really our main goal was to get rid of him. Like, what do you think about that? And then let them respond. And it's like, that maybe is a little bit of how you can help uh, red pill someone. I, I sense that Veritas and O'Keefe have a bunch more coming. He's been, he's been leaking out some stuff. And it's like, if we had a responsible media, and this is where you see how the media is kind of in it, with each other, it's like, shouldn't MSNBC be covering this? You would think MSNBC would go, whoa, whoa, our main competition, you know, we got Fox and we got CNN. So one of our two main competitors was just exposed to be a total fraud, total fraud. You'd think they'd be running this story, but they're not running this story because they also wanna make sure that Trump is out, Republicans are evil and everything else. So they will are sort of doing a dereliction of their duties as a journalistic outfit as well. Now. I suspect that if O'Keefe or some other undercover agent had taken out a Fox News director or had gotten someone on Fox to say, yeah, we're propaganda and we were just trying to take out Biden or blah, 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 I'm pretty sure uh, MSNBC would be covering it if CNN did it or vice versa. So I think you guys get the point here. I sense that more will come out and if uh, they are appropriate, we will play them right here because we're a professional journalistic outfit, even though I'm not a journalist. Did you guys know that I'm not, I'm not a journalist, guys? Didn't, yeah, I'm just some guy sitting here telling you what I think, which apparently is journalism these days. Uh, all right, so there are all sorts of riots happening across Minnesota right now, mostly in Brooklyn Center. Two days ago, we played you the video uh, of uh, Dante, what was his last name? Can we get his last name, please? Uh, what's it? Dante Wright, thank you. Um, uh, he was pulled over. He resisted arrest, the officer shot him. The officer, who's a female, 26 year veteran, she claims that she thought it was her taser. She has since stepped down. The police chief has stepped down. That is all for the legal system to work out. I'm not making excuses for anyone, okay, fine. But what you can't do, obviously, is burn down a city in the name of justice, right? Because something wrong, something unjust happened to someone, you can't use that as a prerequisite to just destroy a city if we're to live in a civil society. And again, that's kind of up for debate right now. Nobody seems to want to stand up for a civil society or for America or for the West or for law and order or any of that stuff. So there are massive protests all over Minnesota, Brooklyn Center, most of them. But again, they're happening, they're happening in Portland and Seattle and there was some stuff in New York City and in DC and a whole bunch of it. So we could have shown you a zillion videos and they all would have depressed you and angered you and made you scared. But this one, this one I thought uh, was worth showing uh, because they, you will hear Black Lives Matter and Antifa activists calling 
to put white people at the front so that white people can be used as human shields uh, for the oncoming police. Let's take a look. Nah, get the white people in the front, bro. White people in the front. White allies 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 in the front. Okay, so there's more video, obviously, of then white people, white allies going to the front. Now try to imagine if you were a white person there and you were there protesting with these people, right? You're protesting with these people, you believe that their cause is just, next thing you know, they're using you as fodder, right? I mean, that's what they're doing, right? Remember remember the third X-Men movie when they have the cure? And what does Magneto do? They, he knows that all of these guys have the cure, so he doesn't send in the, preem, the prime uh, X-Men, he doesn't send in the prime mutants, his main guys, the flamethrower guy and the rest of them and him, he doesn't go in first, he sends in the pawns first, right? Like sort of the loser X-Men and that's, or the, or the loser mutants. And that's what they're doing in essence. These people are not people. It's like, you're white, well then you're below us and you must do what we say. So if you were there as a white ally, I mean, imagine what it would be like to be a white ally and be like, um, well actually, you know, we're, we're throwing stuff at the police officers. They seem like they're marching towards us and they've got rubber bullets and maybe I don't wanna exactly be arrested or get involved in a violent confrontation. Well, then they're gonna turn on you. Well, he's not an ally enough or he's not good enough or whatever it is. So they have created just a seriously evil, toxic stew. And I've seen plenty of other pictures like this where, you know, white people are bowing or asking for forgiveness or something like that. And uh, I hate to, to sound like a real radical here, uh, but you know, unless you own slaves, unless you truly are racist in your heart and in your actions, you don't owe anyone an apology for anything and you should never bow to another human being who, who will only respect you if you stay down there. But that's what a wide swath of young people are doing and it, this is being pushed on us by progressive politicians who are now calling, you know, Rashida Tlaib, one of the squad calling to end policing, end incarceration. At what point, at what point is she no longer uh, abiding by her oath of office, which is to protect the constitution, right? I mean, at some point, if, you're, if your whole mantra is disassemble the state, if your whole mantra is burn everything down, which by the way, even our gay transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, uh, he turned, when the primaries were happening, he turned to old Bernie Sanders and said, you wanna burn it down, I don't. So they all know what they're in on and basically you've got an out of control monster that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because they're all kinda in on it together. It's, it's a little disturbing to say the least. I'll show you more videos as they come but I, you know we're not gonna bludgeon you with them, we'll just, we'll just find the ones that I think are particularly showing you a piece of this that needs to be seen and, and in this case, uh, using people by the color of their skin as fodder for uh, you know the police to go after, that, that seems appropriate. Uh, there was a poll in YouGov over the last couple days uh, that came to be and they've decided, or the people that voted in the poll have decided that Washington DC is actually the worst place to live in the United States. Washington DC obviously is not a state yet, but the burn it down uh, progressives wanna turn it into a state. Here's a quote from YouGov. 
Uh, Washington, D.C., which was also included in the survey, scores worst of all, winning only 35% of its matchup. So let's, let's show the image up here, and I'll just read to you how they went about and did this. So this is United States ranked, according to Americans, respondents were asked to choose the better of two states from a list of 50 states and Washington, D.C., in a series of head-to-head matchups. Figures show the is figures shown is the percentage of times each state won their matchup. So this doesn't strike me actually as like the most scientific poll ever known to man. However, I did think there were some interesting things here. So Hawaii came off as the best state. It won 69%. It's, you know, surrounded by water. It's a little away from the rest of the craziness. The weather's nice. Um, so that that makes sense to me. California was 12th, which is interesting, uh, because you would have thought California would be worse, but you know, California, when it's right, is actually a pretty decent state. You know, we've got wine country, we've got great weather in SoCal, you can grow food, there are is interesting industry and business here. It's now been all wrecked by the Democrats, but you know, I can, I can get why some people are holding out hope. Uh, number 25, so right smack dab in the middle, is Rhode Island which that kind of seems right to me, It's right, right? Like, oh yeah, Rhode Island, just kind of like perfectly average, that's right. And then the one that I thought got a, a, tough, uh, a tough positioning here was not DC, which comes at 51, and 50th was Alabama, 49, Mississippi, 48, Jersey. I wanna talk to you guys about Jersey a little bit. I feel like Jersey gets a very bad rap. Now I'm from New York, I was born in Brooklyn, I grew up in Long Island, I lived in Manhattan most of my life, I went to college upstate New York, Uh, But you know, there's the tri-state area, New York, Jersey, Connecticut, and most of my family, my extended family, aunts, uncles, grandparents, lived in Jersey. So I spent a ton of time growing up in Jersey. The Sopranos took place in Jersey. The New Jersey Nets, I guess they're the Brooklyn Nets now, are from Jersey. Jersey is just like New York's younger brother that just gets spat on all the time. I have no problem with Jersey. I like Jersey, I like people from Jersey, I like the Jersey attitude, I like Jersey pizza, I like Jersey, the Jersey Shore. So I would like Jersey to get a little more credit. That, that's the important takeaway. If you take nothing away from the show today, it's let's think a little more fondly of New Jersey. You know that uh, forget about it attitude uh, from Jersey. That's, uh, that's what you should take away. But anyway, DC comes in last on this thing and that should not surprise you at all. I mean, first off, Washington DC, it's like, especially now during lockdowns, there's basically nobody there and it's, it's just a roaming, um, well, I would say it's it's an empty city, basically just roaming with homeless people. So you may remember I was at the uh, White House holiday party, uh, basically end of December, and I decided to take a walk, and I think we reposted this on YouTube, but it was originally posted on Periscope, but I was with Kyle Kashuv, who most of you guys know, and we decided to take a walk through DC, and basically there was nobody there, everything was closed, everything was boarded up, it felt extremely eerie. We did see some homeless people wandering around and we just put a little compilation of it together for you. Today, I am in the swamp. I am in Washington, D.C., the most wretched hive of scum and villainy. And I am here wandering around. First off, it's a complete ghost town. There are no other humans here. I'm in a zombie movie with no zombies. That's what it feels like. It's like, we, it, it has the eerie feeling of a zombie movie. And yet the zombies, I, I, well, I guess there's a little sun out, so the zombies aren't coming outside. So I'm, I'm basically an I am legend right now. You just see, you see all this. How's it going, man? How are you? How's it going? All right, see, good. we saw real people. We've been trying to find real people. You guys are real human beings? I'm on, I'm on Periscope right now, is that cool? 
Yeah, yeah. So real. Finally, we were trying to find real people in DC. We couldn't find any. You guys are real humans. Yeah, not, this not, is awesome. Not humanoids in any way. Awesome. Yeah. Real fucking people. Can you believe it? Incredible. <laughs> they Incredible. They still exist. Cool. Good to meet yeah. you guys. Thank Thanks. You. You All right. Guys. Take it easy. Real people. Real Ruben Report people. That's what I'm talking about. So it turns out, by total coincidence, those three guys they were they were fans of the shows. Guys, how you doing? If you're watching right now. Um, but there were basically nobody out there. Everything was closed. Kyle and I were trying to find a place to go to lunch, couldn't even find a place. Um, you know, now, of course, this was before uh, what happened on January 6th and then the, you know, the fences going up and everything being cordoned off and everything else. So DC is just a deeply, deeply depressing place. And I, and I have to say, for me, as somebody that loves the history of the United States and loves the, the process of the United States and the founding documents and all of that stuff, like I love, DC, like when DC is right, when those cherry blossoms are blooming and you get to wander the mall and the, and the big pool that Forrest Gump jumped into when he saw Jenny out there and you go to the Washington Monument or the Jefferson Memorial, which is a little bit off the beaten path or you go to the uh, Vietnam Memorial or whatever, you know, the, the plethora of museums and you just get to see full Americana or you can go not too far as the Arlington Cemetery or you can go to George Washington's home. All of that incredible rich stuff that brings us together, it's all kind of disappearing right now. Like wh who in their right mind would be like, you know what family, we're going to DC. We're gonna go on a DC vacation. We're gonna first, we're gonna go to Baltimore. Sure every, you know, crimes through the roof. People are being murdered left and right, but that aquarium's pretty good. I mean, I remember my family, my dad drove us down to the Baltimore, uh, we went to Baltimore, went to the Baltimore Aquarium, and then we went to DC. Who, who would do that anymore? So we've just, we're in the midst of just watching a massive realignment of what our cities are, of what our cultural institutions are, and, and how people will travel and vacation and all of that stuff. It is quite bizarre, people. Uh, but speaking of bizarre, so Ben and Jerry's this morning. Now Ben and Jerry's, of course, is a is an ice cream company known for ice cream. They make that mint cookie thing and the other thing. I think, if I'm not mistaken, don't they make a Colbert ice cream or one of those idiotic? We talked about Colbert before, but one of them, or they do a Jimmy Fallon ice cream or something like. They're they're just Ben and Jerry's. The two guys, Ben and Jerry, were just like two lefty hippies before the left went totally bananas. But they were like anti-war people and they liked sugar and they liked ice cream and they made pretty good ice cream and all that stuff. Well, then it sort of shifted and they became a little more radical. And, and Ben and Jerry's now, the ice cream company, is now tweeting stuff like this. So this is just from this morning. The murder of Dante Wright is rooted in white supremacy and results from the intentional criminalization of black and brown communities. This system can't be reformed. It must be dismantled and a real system of public safety rebuilt from the ground up. Hashtag defund the police. This is an ice cream company, people. This is an ice cream company. Do you see how politics as religion leaking into every part of our society is a deeply unhealthy thing? Now, first off, there is no reason to believe, and this is not to defend the officer who either made a mistake or did something beyond grossly negligent by grabbing the gun instead of the taser. Uh, and that will remain to be seen. We will find out more about that, hopefully. Um, but there's no reason to think she's a white supremacist, right? And now she has stepped down. As I said, the police chief has stepped down. But the idea that they, they see this incident where he did resist arrest, that is just the truth. That was, this was not a summary execution in that regard in that they pulled him over and just shot him. He pulled away as they were trying to handcuff him. Again, it's not an excuse to be shot, 
okay? But there's more here than meets the eye. Let's at least put it that way. But that, that companies now decide to make this about white supremacy and that the system basically must be burned down and rebuilt from, from you know, the bottom up uh, is, is pretty dangerous. So I tweeted because, you know, this is 2021 and if an ice cream company tweets something about politics, you've got to respond. So I tweeted, I retweeted them and then I said, I stopped buying your overpriced ice cream years ago. Tillamook Dairy and McConnell's ice cream are way better. Also, for everyone who thinks you're still run by two lefty hippies, no, they sold out to a giant corporation for over 300 million bucks 20 years ago and I actually showed the, the image there. So yes, Ben and Jerry's, sold Ben and Jerry's ice cream, the, the freedom peace-loving hippies who actually were capitalists, can you believe it? They sold Ben and Jerry's for $300 million, $326 million to be clear, uh, about 20 years ago to Unilever. And Unilever, of course, is a massive giant conglomerate that sells hand soap and ice cream and everything else. Now, I don't begrudge Ben and Jerry for selling their company and making all that money. Capitalism is a beautiful thing, even for two lefty hippies. Uh, but the idea that at Ben and Jerry's, you know, the Ben and Jerry's Twitter account, that they tweet as if, oh, we are still this hippie thing. That's what we are, when we actually are just this giant corporate thing. And that's why wokeism and BLM and Antifa, it's become the greatest grift in history because you have all of the power on you, your side and you think you're the hashtag resistance. You're not the resistance. Uh, but speaking of resistance, they have a flavor called pecan resist, encouraging people to resist the Trump administration's discriminatory policies. I don't know which ones they're talking about, perhaps like kids in cages that AOC used to care about. She doesn't care about it anymore, even though those cages are at now a thousand percent capacity, but she hasn't been able to get down to the border for a photo shoot. <laughs> She hasn't been able to get down there. Uh, it's very, very upsetting. Maybe, you know, her travel schedule is just totally booked. Who knows? Anyway, this idea of corporations telling us whether we should have policing or not, or whether what voting laws are right or not, this is all we are watching government. We are watching a Biden administration, lefty Democrat government combine itself with big business. And there's an F word for that. There is an F word for that. That is fascism and perhaps it is on the way. I shall fight it because I have nothing better to do. I hope you will join me on the journey. Uh, guys, part two of my interview with Nick Gillespie from Reason Magazine is up right now. We go big on uh, what the states did wrong about lockdowns, and he just is a great, a truly great explainer of libertarian ideas. Whether you agree with him 100% or not, he doesn't consider himself an ANCAP, like no government at all, but he wants light touch. We talk about big tech and a whole bunch more. So part two is up on YouTube right now. Of course, the full episode is up absolutely ad-free at rubenreport.locals.com. I didn't know, I don't know if you know that I started a tech company. I did, locals.com. Uh, and uh, Friday, we've got a panel on policing and race. We'll try to clean up some of the craziness of the week. And by the way, it's just going to get crazier because as I've been talking about, we've got the George Floyd trial happening right now. And I believe if, uh, hopefully I'm getting this uh, totally right, but there was a medical expert on this morning, on the stand this morning, who is saying that George Floyd died because, partly because of fumes from the car, but also because he had, I think, fentanyl and maybe meth in his system as well. So this is just gonna get much more complex because it's like, are they gonna show that clip 
on MSNBC, on CNN? Are they gonna talk about that in the New York Times? Doesn't excuse what the officer did, right? This is what a trial is all about. But like, there's gonna be a certain set of people who are only gonna get partial information because to link us back to the first story we covered here today, the mainstream media, ah, I should say the corporate press, Michael Malice, the corporate press is bent on burning it down with the Democrats and we got work to do. So Friday, we will do a panel on police and racing. I'll have Brandon Tatum, Mike the Cop, and Elijah Schaefer. I thank you guys for watching. As I said, this is a busy week for me. I'm trying to finish up the, the book or at least the first version of the manuscript by Friday. So a little, little haywire over here, but all good. Have a great day, stay sane, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.